the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's word. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. Oh, I could hide neath the wings of the bluebird as she sings. The six Good morning and welcome to Get This Show. This is your money school for financial winners. Here, we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get this flow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Flow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and Civic. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. I'm really enjoying this stretch of good weather. This is that gentle introduction to the winter. It's been cold in the night, but hey, it's getting up to the 50s during the day. And until yesterday, we had lots of sunshine. Now we have the rain for another day or two. But this week, we're going to get down into the 20s at night. And we all know that winter is coming. But I wonder if we've had our Indian summer yet, or maybe we're still going to have our Indian summer before Thanksgiving. But in any case, we can still enjoy being outside to either finish up the yard jobs or take a long walk or a bike ride. Every time I go outside, I can always find another job to do or something to add to the list. You know, like checking on the outside faucets or replacing the outside, some of the outside lights. And if we take the time out from our shores, we can look at the economy and how it's affecting our investments in gold. This week, global equities were up in the U.S. The three major stock indices were up because of the uh, best inflation data in months. And uh, that good news for the U.S. impacted the global equity markets in a positive way. In the U.K., the FTSE 100 was up for the week, while in the European Union, both Germany's DAX and the stock Europe 600 we're both up for the week. And the story was the same in Asia. Uh, Japan's Nikkei 225 was up for the week, while in China, both the Shanghai Composite and Hang Seng's uh, uh, from Hong Kong were both up for the week. On Friday, the three major uh, stock indices closed up for the week at uh, the Dow Jones Industrials at 33000 747.86, so it was up 4.15% for the week. And the standard in poor 500, it closed at 3,992.93, so it was up 5.9% for 
for the week, and the NASDAQ Composite closed at 11,323.33, and uh, that was up 8.10% for the week. So we're having an exciting rally this week, but remember, we're still in a bear market. And this week, the equity markets were up because the stock and bond markets both uh, uh, jumped in and jumped uh, in reaction to the best uh, inflation uh, readings in months. Uh, stock prices surged and bond yields dropped sharply Thursday morning as traders welcomed signs of uh, ebbing uh, inflation pressures. Investors are hoping that uh, easing inflation means the Fed might not have to raise interest rates as high as previously feared. I think, personally, I think that's wishful thinking. Uh, you remember the, uh, the federal chairman, Jerome Powell's uh, comments uh, at the uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting two weeks ago, and that was the uh, start of November here, quote, we still have some ways to go, and incoming data since our last meeting suggested that the ultimate level of interest rates will be higher than previously expected, unquote. You know, he continued on and said that the question of when to moderate the pace of increases was much less important than how high they needed to be by the time we finished. So, yes, it is quite possible that the Fed could slow down, but really matters with the peak rate, and this uh, Fed is growing more hawkish, not not dovish. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, bond traders saw the effective funds by the effective Fed funds rate hitting a, a peak of just below 5.2 percent in May of next year, and uh, being not far below that by the end of 2023. So the outlook ahead is far from clear, with uh, Chairman Powell stressing that the risk of the Federal Reserve reversing course too soon is likely greater than it's, uh, the possibility of over-tightening uh, at the cost of economic growth. So uh, right now, the Fed's aggressively lifting rates to combat inflation, hoping that um, higher borrowing costs is going to curb and hiring and spending and investment. Uh, the week before last, the Fed increased its uh, benchmark federal funds rate by three-quarters of a percent. That's the sixth increase this year and bringing it to a range of between uh, 3.7, these are the federal funds rate, between 3.75% and 4%. And uh, Thursday's in, 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 <laughs> I'm tongue-tied today. Thursday's inflation report likely leaves the central bank on course to raise rates by maybe a half a percent. That was the big discussion uh, a week ago. Was if they're going to when they meet again, you know, I think it's the 13th and 14th of December. Will they uh, go with a half a percent or three quarters of a percent? And uh, I think the indication was more like half a percent. And this this uh, uh, report that came out Thursday well, might push them more in that direction. Uh, that raises questions how much higher they could lift them uh, next year. <clears throat> in the report, the U.S. Labor Department said its consumer price index increased 7.7% in October from the same month a year earlier. That's down from 8.2% in September and down from uh, June's 9.1% rate, which is the highest in basically 40 years. The so-called uh, core uh, consumer price index, which excludes uh, energy and food prices, that climbed uh, to 6.3% in October from a year earlier. And that was down from 6.6% uh, in September, which was the biggest increase since uh, August of uh, 1982. <clears throat> so on a monthly basis, 
the consumer price index rose uh, uh, four tenths of one percent in October from September, and the same pace as in the uh, previous month. And the core CPI, where you take out food and fuel, uh, that uh, rose three tenths of a percent in October, and that was down sharply from the six tenths of a percent increase in September and August. Investors and policymakers watch core uh, readings closely, you know, to get a feel for uh, the broad price pressures out there in the economy. And prices for most goods and services remain much higher this year. But <clears throat> there are some uh, goods and services that fall down or decrease from month to month, but very little. Uh, Dallas Federal, uh, President, Federal Reserve President Lori Logan, uh, she said in a speech on Thursday in Houston, said that, quote, this morning's CPI data was a welcome relief, but it's still a long way to go, unquote. So <clears throat> I think we've got a rally here that's uh, hoping that the Federal Reserve is going to change its tune. We'll see. Uh, two, weeks, <clears throat> two weeks ago, Federal Chairman Jerome Powell suggested that uh, strong consumer demand, a tight labor market, and a more stubborn and pricing pressures could require officials to raise rates next year to slightly higher levels than they had anticipated in September. Uh, back then, in September, most projected that the federal funds rate would rise to between 45 and 5% early next year. So Thursday's, Thursday's report offered investors a glimmer of hope. Uh, maybe rates won't have to rise significantly above 5%. <clears throat> In the report, prices for used cars and trucks, which were basically big inflation drivers last year, and they dropped 2.4% in October from September after declining 1.1% the previous month. And airline fares dropped 1.1%, uh, while apparel prices fell 7 tenths of 1%. And uh, medical care prices uh, declined sharply last month from the month before, and that was dragged down by a 4% drop in health insurance premiums and the result of a once-a-year update in the underlying data. So, but rising housing costs remain a strong source of inflationary pressures last month, <clears throat> with rent in it and an estimate of homeowners' imputed rent uh, increasing more slowly in October than in September, but still more than uh, double the average pace in the decade before the pandemic. So, <clears throat> housing costs tend to move slowly because basically they're based upon the, on the rent and the, or leases that are typically negotiated just once a year and, and not on real home sales prices. So so rents have taken off and uh, it'll take some time to come down again. The only thing that'll bring down rents maybe will be uh, uh, when the interest rates come down again and people and home construction starts and home sales starts again, and people get <clears throat> into buying their homes rather than renting them. Uh, according to the <clears throat> Wall Street Journal articles, gasoline prices increased four-tenths of four uh, percent in October from September, reversing three months of declines in the national average price of regular gasoline was $3.81 a gallon on Wednesday. That's according to the AAA, and prices had fallen to as low as $3.67 a gallon in September after peaking in uh, mid-June at $5.02 a gallon. So food prices rose more slowly in October than in September, with grocery prices up four-tenths of a percent from the prior month, and that was the smallest gain since December of 2021, and uh, prices jumped 1.1 uh, percent. However, for sit-down restaurant meals, 
as the sharpest increase since uh, records uh, began uh, in 2001. Gasoline and food prices tend to be important in uh, shaping uh, people's expectations about future uh, inflation. And sometimes that uh, expectations can become self-fulfilling. <clears throat> you know, these are the things we buy every day. Uh, so we so we know what they're doing and we can assess, you know, okay, prices, prices are going up again if we see the gasoline and food prices go up. And uh, later on in the show, we'll get into the details of that uh, Department of Labor report on the Consumer Price Index. Uh, the good news on Thursday regarding the easing uh, of inflation numbers for October had an, had an outsized impact on the U.S. equity markets on both Thursday and Friday. Uh, Thursday and Friday, U.S. stocks jumped to their, high, to their biggest gains in more than two years after softer than expected inflation data reignited bets that the Federal Reserve would slow the pace of its interest rates increases in 2023. Uh, markets raced higher right out of the gate on Thursday and kept building on these gains over the following hours. The Standard & Poor 500 added uh, uh, 207.8 points, or 5.5 percent, to uh, 33,956 0.37 on Thursday, while the technology-focused Nasdaq Composite uh, that was up four point uh, up seven point four percent to eleven thousand one hundred fourteen, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average rose three point seven percent to All three benchmarks scored their steepest one-day percentage gain. Is the depth of the uh, uh, coronavirus pandemic in 2020. And basically, the rally continued on Friday. It appeared that the uh, the most shorted stocks rallied the most. And it basically, it reminded me of the meeting stock rally with uh, Robinhood last year. And uh, But remember and be cautious that we are still in a better market. <clears throat> Investors have seen a version of this rally play out before, only for it to crumble later and stocks soared over the over the summer on bets that the Fed would pivot away from tightening monetary policy and shift from interest rate increases to rate cuts as early as next year. But the gains were feeding and the market slumped in both August and September weighed down by stern talk from federal officials about the need to keep raising rates as well as hotter than expected inflation data. So you got to remember that the Federal Reserve is intent on on, um, interested in inflation peaking out and moving downward, but they really, really want to drive inflation down to 2 or 3%. And we've got a long way to go before we get to that target. Uh, Previously, uh, Chairman Powell said that he didn't have any, quote, he didn't have any sense that we're over-tightening or we're moving too fast in the rate increases, and that it was, quote, very difficult, unquote, to make a case that the current rate was too tight. And uh, again, quote, it's very premature to think about or talking about uh, pausing the rate hikes. So that gives you an idea of where the, the Fed is coming from. And you got to remember that the start of November, Federal Chairman Jerome Powell, he basically started a new phase in this campaign to regain control over inflation, saying that the U.S. interest rates will go higher than earlier projected, and the path may uh, soon involved smaller hikes, and uh, <clears throat> uh, addressing reporters uh, a little over a week ago, after the federal funds rate, uh, federal reserve raised rates by three quarters of a percent for the fourth time in a row, 
Powell said, incoming data from our last meeting suggests that the ultimate levels of interest rates will be higher than previously expected. So Powell said it would be appropriate to slow the pace of increases as soon as the next meeting or the one after that. Uh, no decision has been made while stressing that we still have some way to go before rates are tight enough. So, uh, quote again from Chairman uh, Powell, it's very premature to be thinking about pausing. So basically, in, a, in, a, in kind of a summary, a couple of weeks ago, the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee raised the federal funds rate to a range of uh, three and three and three quarters to four percent. And the latest CPI report uh, probably shows the peak in inflation numbers is in right now. And that inflation can, will probably move downhill from here. But expectations are that getting inflation down to four or five percent will be straightforward. You know, all they have to do is keep the pressure on. But getting inflation down to two or three percent where that's the goal of getting it down to even 3%, uh, when workers' raises are in the, in the range of uh, 47 to 5% per year, it will probably require a decent recession. You know, that's just my opinion, but, you know, I think we're going to, when we reach the peak in inflation, is downhill, and it probably it'll be easy pickings until we get to Four or five percent, but getting down below those numbers is going to require some uh, increases in the unemployment numbers and decreases in the raises. So uh, this is basically what we're going to talk. We'll talk about later in the, in the show the CPI report, and the CPI report shows that basically the the inflation a year ago was good. So, but now it's switched over to services. And so the goods inflation is going down and the service inflation is going up. And, and basically a lot of that means uh, workers and uh, workers' raises. So and if you take a look at it, it's going to be very difficult to get down into the 2 or 3%. And uh, this week, the inflation news was eclipsed by the eclipsed by the uh, U.S. midterm elections uh, because we still don't know the full outcome of the elections yet. It is most probable, according to the Bloomberg and the Wall Street Journal, that the Republicans will control the House and the Representatives. But the we have something like two dozen races that are still have to be called. And the last time I looked at it. As far as the House was concerned, they had 196 uh, <clears throat> Democrats elected versus uh, 211 Republicans, and the uh, you have to get to 218 before you have a majority. So basically, you know, they're they're wrapped up in trying to get the final numbers on the uh, the races, and uh, like I say, there's two dozen races that are still open. Uh, well, they uh, uh, get their final tallies done. And uh, let's say uh, most likely they, the Republicans will control the House of Representatives. So I think the expectation is legislative gridlock for the next two years. And uh, as far as the Senate is controlled, uh, Senate control is still unknown. And uh, Probably with regard to the Senate, we might know what's happened in the Senate until we have that Georgia Senate uh, runoff around December 6th. You know, and uh, Republican control of the House, no matter how narrow, is still a salient uh, policy point for investors because it means the end of affirmative legislation phase of Biden's presidency. And that likely means no tax increases and no large progressive spending packages will gain enough votes for approval. So <clears throat> basically what we're gonna what we're gonna see is that up until now, uh inflation has been running along and the 
Federal Reserve has been tightening the economy to get inflation under control. But the other side of the thing, the the uh, federal government has been spending uh, money faster. So now what we're going to see, I think, is that the federal government is going to slow down their spending. So uh, from an inflation viewpoint, that's good news. From You'll have both the federal government as well as the Federal Reserve tightening down uh, to get this inflation under control. Uh, so, you know, well, there may be a lot of uncertainty and, and drama in the uh, big economy right now. Uh, what we need to do in terms of our world is get our financial plan organized and basically reduce the drama in our personal world. And that that means that uh, we have to pay attention to identifying our basic goals. Uh, depending upon where you're at in life, it could be getting through school. It might mean starting a career. It might mean settling down and starting a family or buying a house or starting a business or uh, most expensive of all, it might be called, uh, uh, and it's on everybody's uh, financial plan, is retirement. So there are costs and schedules for all of these goals. Uh, you don't have to have them accurate to three decimal places, but you got to have a good idea, a reasonable idea of what the costs are and uh, what it takes to uh, go into retirement and uh, also uh, commit to a family and things of this nature and commit to schools and everything else. So <clears throat> that financial plan starts with the goals and the costs involved with those goals and the schedules. And then how do you support those goals? And that means saving and investing. And uh, that means you're taking a look at your assets and determining how you're going to uh, proportion your assets to support your standard of living. Your standard of living right now, the standard of living for a family is much greater than a, than a single uh, person. And uh, how much is going to be spent for the cars, for a wedding, for a house, for a business, uh, all these things you have to kind of lay out a conduit that says we're going to take uh, the money that comes in the door and we're going to apportion it and save it and invest it, and uh, hopefully watch it grow. Uh, and uh, and uh, over a long period of time, that's always been the case. Uh, how to invest it for the short term, for the long term? How to uh, how to assess your risks uh, and rewards, and both in the long term and the short term, and the and the changes in terms of risk and reward as we get closer and closer to retirement. And, of course, while we're doing all this, we're assuming that nothing <clears throat> nothing happens that was unplanned, which we know is not going to happen. And so then you've got to protect yourself against the unknowns, you know, with uh, life insurance and, and uh, property and casualty insurance, you know, to make sure that a liability lawsuit doesn't wipe out your your uh, net worth, and then sooner or later you're going to have to start talking about estate planning and gifting and and uh, how are we going to pass this on to the beneficiaries and and uh, 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 making sure that uh, the IRS doesn't <laughs> be a major beneficiary. So all of this is going to all of this requires. Uh, you sit down and you think about it and you plan it and you and uh, you stay on top of it. And it sounds like a chore, but in reality, it's a roadmap for your future. And it also is a big help uh, when you've got a roadmap and you know where your money is going and you know uh, what you've decided. And when things come up, like... Uh, should we buy a vacation home? Should we buy an Airbnb and rent it out? Stuff like this. You've got a framework that uh, allows you to make those decisions and say, okay, uh, do we want to take a risk 
We want to, uh, what are we risking? Are we risking uh, the standard of living for the family? Are we just risk, are we just risking uh, uh, money that we really don't need? Uh, all these things are, if you got a roadmap, you know uh, what the plan is. And if you want to change the plan, you have to think about the consequences of uh, giving up something to get something. So uh, this is Jim McAleese. Uh You've been listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, you can give us a call. We have a toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. So give us a call and stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. That's a, that's a catchy tune there. Uh, this is your host, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. is one 888 You know, we, we start talking about financial planning and all that, and, and uh, uh, part of it is staying on top of things. You know, you you got to uh, think about things, pull together your plans, in, in, in the big picture, worrying about your financial plan is much more important and critical than basically what's going on in the investment world. Unless, of course, the investment world is, <laughs> is going into a severe depression. Right now, uh, right now, what we're seeing in the big picture in the uh, investment world is that, uh, hey, if you look back, uh, in 2020, in February, we ran into the COVID. Nobody knew what the COVID was all about. Uh, there was nobody alive. And it, it, it the only the only thing that people could point to would be either the Spanish flu epidemic in the early 1900s or or the plague in, in middle, middle uh, in medieval times. But nobody knew what was going on. So. Basically, the government and the uh, Federal Reserve both threw, the, threw, both threw money at this problem in an effort to save the economy. The economy was basically shutting down. So uh, the federal government threw $6 trillion into the uh, economy in terms of stimulus programs for companies, for people, for just about everything. Uh, the unemployment and uh, just about everything. And uh, the Federal Reserve cut the interest rates to one quarter of a percent and uh, uh, began to buy bonds at $200 billion a month. And that that was money flowing into the system, too. And so they, they kicked in about $2 billion. So you had $8 trillion dollars. Uh, of stimulus flowing into the system, and basically the house was burning down, and uh, uh, yeah, the government and the Federal Reserve were trying to save the house. So uh, now 
we've got a point where uh, we saved the house, and uh, and now we've got uh, inflation to contend with. It's like, uh, uh, to me, uh, nobody knew how much money was, was necessary to save it, so uh, there can be points now that you, you spent too much or too little, but when you're doing the spending, you, you don't know what the right answer is. So, you know, saving the house, do you save more water? Do you pour more water on the house? Or do you save it? So we, we, that was a fact, that was a, a accomplishment, saving the economy. And now basically we got to contend with inflation and we'll get that solved too. It might take, uh, might take to the middle of next year. Maybe the third quarter of next year, but we'll get there. So uh, let's go to our phone. Hello, this is Jim McAlee. Can I help you? Yeah, hi, uh, Jim. I'm Jeff. And hi, my Jeff. dad, Ted, is. Hi, my dad, Ted, has been a happy camper with you many, many years. Yep. And I'm, uh, well, 60, uh, going to be 61 soon. And uh, the next one to four years, you know, I'm going to be thinking where to move my 401k. Mm -hmm. Um, Three options I'm considering are, um, of course, your services, because he's been a happy camper. Um, Also, the guy at our company, 401k uh, management, he, of course, would like a shot at it. And then mm-hmm. uh, Key Bank, uh, IRA, uh, Money Market, you know, I, I, it's FDIC insured. That's interesting to me, too. So I'd be curious to get your, your take on, uh, you know, how to stay the course and uh, make the uh, switch when it's time. Okay. Uh, you know, it's wonderful that you're thinking ahead, you know, in terms of saying, okay, uh, I've got a decision point that's coming up here, and uh, uh, one thing you can do is uh, uh, just relax and, and say, well, I'm going to leave my money with a 401k uh, and leave it go with that. Uh, but it's more important that you really sit down and you consider those options. You know, you, you, you think about what you want. Whoops. You got your radio Who's on the radio there? <laughs> you, you sit down and you think about the options. In other words, just like, the, uh, you know, your your 401k, you can stay with your 401k. Uh, they're not going to, I don't think they're going to kick you out. They shouldn't kick you out. Uh, no. <laughs> now, the, the organization that is uh, administering the 401k may want you to step out and do uh, and convert to an IRA, uh, rollover IRA with them. Uh, and that's probably, just like you mentioned, your father was with us. Uh, that's what, that's, if you came with us, that's what we would do. We would sit down with you and we talk about where you're at in the 401k, what you want to do, uh, what we have available. Uh, we have brokerage accounts. Uh, where we can get access to all sorts of uh, uh, mutual funds, land stocks, and bonds. Uh, and we'd lay out a, a picture for them. And, uh, or you can stay, like I said before, you can stay in your own uh, 401k. But they you know, typically in a 401k, they have uh, a restricted menu. They can't just have everybody in the plant. Uh, dealing with every type of investment under the sun. And so we we offer a broader assortment of investments there. And in the case of Key Corp, uh, uh, you can go through, uh, let's say, uh, uh, CDs or something like that and, and put together a, a ladder of CDs or even a ladder of uh, of uh, bonds and uh, say, okay, uh, in that case, uh, you would say, uh, I need money on a regular basis in the future. And just just like an insurance company or a pension plan, you know, what they do is buy bonds and they say, okay, I got to buy a 
Uh, I need this money five years from now, so I got to buy a five-year bond, and then I got to buy another six-year, seven-year, eight-year. Eight you don't have to do it in increments in, in years, but you put together plans of, uh, of buying bonds that come due uh, that mature at a certain point when you need the money in the future. So, uh, you know, or they could, uh, uh, Key Bank would be a competitor of ours. So uh, I think they could provide other services too. So it, I think it boils down to you sitting down and taking a look at what you have right now and in your 401k and saying, if I leave here, what are the advantages? What are the disadvantages? And then go talk to the people. You can come talk to us. You can come talk to, uh, go to uh, uh, Key Corp, uh, see what they're offering, see how <clears throat> they'll lay it out. And uh, all these people will be will be uh, available for you to talk to. I mean, you're not bothering anybody. You've got uh, a nest egg in your 401k and you want to invest it with these people and everybody is going to uh, everybody is going to be willing and able to sit down with you and show you uh, uh, what they can do for you and then you well, I did I did they, call your place they, and I talked to Jeff a little bit and yeah, um, yeah I would like to, to sit down when the time is right and uh, he assured me that uh, your your place is going to be around quite a bit. So, <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll be here forever. <laughs> All right, thank you, thank you. Th- thanks for your much, thanks Jeff. for your time. You take care. Uh, look forward to seeing I... you in the future. All right, this is Jim Bagley. Uh, you're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call. Over our toll-free number is 1-888-281-1110. You know, in, in the, one of the things we talked about originally was the uh, consumer price index and what that's doing. Uh, you know, all of us are watching this process, and uh, we're watching prices go up, 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 and uh, maybe a little down, but mostly up. And uh, with this new uh, uh, report, we've got some hope that uh, uh, we're going to be okay uh, for a while until we get it down from inflation down from where it's at right now, which is 7.7%. So inflation over the last 12 months uh, uh, was expected to be 7.9%, but it came in at 7.7%. And that's the lowest since January. And the uh, the headline, uh, by headline, CPI, I mean the CPI that includes food and fuel, or food and energy. And those numbers have been like uh, 8.2% in September, 8.3% in August. Uh, they reached a high of 9.1% uh, June. And apparently that was the peak. And then you look at the, uh, you get away from the uh, headline CPI, the Consumer Price Index, and then you go into the core CPI, which means uh, we're not going to neglect uh, food and fuel. And uh, uh, the core CPI also decreased in October, and it uh, it rose just 6.3%. Versus an expected uh, 6.5 percent. So, if we take a look at these things and uh, uh, looking below the uh, surface, the service CPI numbers are now uh, at their highest since 1982, and they're rising faster than the, the goods uh, CPI numbers. So, on a month-over-month basis, uh, goods cost. Uh, Fell while basically service costs uh, rose. On a year-over-year basis, service uh, service inflation is uh, uh, countering any improvement in the, uh, the goods improvement. So, you know, while food and energy are very important components, 
of the Consumer Price Index for food and energy are international commodities and where the prices are basically being set by the global marketplace. That's the oil is set by the uh, global marketplace. In other words, uh, these big tankers will hold, uh, in some cases, uh, uh, two or three million barrels of oil. So uh, they're on the open market. And there's very little that the Federal Reserve policy is going to do to affect these prices. Same thing with grain and things of this nature. Uh, you talk about uh, grain prices in Argentina or Brazil, and, and uh, the, the grain can go anywhere in the world. Uh, the Federal Reserve uh, can can use its tools in terms of bond buying and selling and raising interest rates, lowering interest rates if they want to uh, work on things that are in the United States and, and subject to these things. Uh, uh, but you, and that is part of the core uh, consumer price index. But the core consumer price index accounts for about 78% of the consumer CPI number. So uh, if you take a look at the <clears throat> index for all the items, uh, less food and fuel, uh, that rose three-tenths of a percent in October, following a six-tenths of a percent increase in September. And a big part of that was the shelter index, and that continued to increase. And that's really driven by rent, and that increased eight-tenths of a percent in October. It's the largest monthly increase since August of 1990. And the rent index rose seven-tenths of a percent over the month, and uh, the owner's equivalent rent uh, increased six-tenths of a percent. Among the indices that rose in October was the index for motor vehicle insurance, which rose 1.7 percent in October after rising 1.6 percent in September. The index for Recreation rose seven tenths of a percent for the month, following a smaller one tenth of a percent increase the previous month. The new vehicle index increased four tenths of a percent in October, and the personal care index rose five tenths of a percent. And just to give you an idea of what the Fed looks at, you know, they look at the consumer price index and and what they'll do is look back, like, from January. The January numbers, the consumer price index for the, for the last 12 months, uh, ending in January, was 7.5%. February was 79 March, it was 85 April, it was 83 May, it was 86 June was the high point at 9.1. And July went down, went down to 8.5. August it was 8.3, September it was 8.2 percent, and finally this latest one for October was 7.8 percent. So that's what's giving the the Federal Reserve and everybody else a feeling that hey, you know, uh, we're moving in the right direction now. Uh, but when you do take a look at the numbers, you got to realize that. Uh, uh, what three uh, percent looks like. In other words, you can say that hey, we're aiming for three uh, percent increase in prices year over year over the last twelve months. Well, that means that most of the items did increase somewhere around one quarter of one percent. But if you take a look down at the uh, food. Uh, Food increased. Uh, food at home increased six tenths of one percent. Uh, food away from home increased nine tenths of one percent. Uh, gasoline, gasoline increased four percent. In other words, I'm I'm saying these numbers have got to get down to one quarter of one percent, not four percent. Uh, electricity, uh, electricity uh, in uh, October decreased one point two percent. Uh, utility natural gas you know, uh, increased one tenth of a percent. 
But even when I say that per month, I look back over what's happened over the last year. and Basically, food has gone up close to 11% over the last 12 months. Food at home has gone up 12.4%. Gasoline has gone up uh, uh, 17.5% over the last 12 months. Electricity, 15.6%. Uh, natural gas, 14.1%. Uh, All these numbers are indicating that we're going to pay big time for heating the houses and everything else in this coming uh, winter. And then uh, if we take a look at all the items after we, after we uh, take food and fuel away, all the items, that's 78% of what's left, is uh, increased 6.3%. So. Uh, all these things are are gigantic numbers compared to what they actually should be. In other words, if we say the uh, year-over-year increase should be 3% and the month-over-month increase should be one-quarter of 1%, I'd be hard put to find either one of those numbers on here. I'm seeing numbers like 15%. What the hell is it? Fuel oil. Fuel oil went up. <laughs> But I'm 68% in the last 12 months. So uh, when I'm looking for 3% and I'm seeing numbers like this, we got a long way to go. Uh, and when I look at the monthly increases, I'm looking for numbers like one quarter. Uh, what am I finding? I'm finding that uh, uh, rent's going up eight-tenths of 1%. I'm looking at... Uh, 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 food going up uh, six tenths of one percent, stuff like this. So, uh, you know, just hey, we got a long way to go. It's going to be a long logging affair, but we've we've been here before. We've done it before, so we'll do it again. And uh, another thing we take a look at too is uh, let's take a look at what's happened in the uh, service industries. And here we look to the Institute of Supply Management, and they go through, uh, they talk to managers that are in the supply industry, and they get their comments, and then they grind that down into a number. And if the number is greater than 50, it indicates that the the service industry is expanding. If it's less than 50, that indicates it's in contraction. But just to give you an idea what some of the comments were. This is from the, uh, who's this from? Uh, This is from Food Services. Quote, despite the negative information news, higher gas prices and concerns of a recession, our restaurant sales have been resilient during what is typically a seasonal slump. We are positive in 2000. We were positive in 2019, uh, uh, pre-COVID and and they're comparing it to 2019. Traffic is down only 4%, so it's recovering. Staff and supply chain challenges are improving, and we're seeing some decline in key commodities. Uh, construction says, quote, customers are starting to delay projects or are entering smaller scale scope of works. We believe that this is a continuation of an uncertain economic environment. Uh, healthcare, quote, shortages and delays are stabilizing. Labor availability and patient volume continues to be a challenge. Uh, uh, retail sales, we are, quote, we are in the final preparation for a successful holiday. Despite lower sales, labor is more available this year and supply chains delays seem to have caught up for now. And transportation and warehousing, quote, it's been more challenging to maintain uh, our level of services due to increased demand, extended supplier lead times, and the hyper-competitive employment market. And so what we're seeing there is that the, uh, if we compare what we're seeing this month versus last month, this month the, the Number came in at 54.4, but it's been going down 
If you take a look, if I if I start at January, it was fifty nine point nine, then it went down to fifty six, and fifty eight, fifty seven, fifty five. Uh, and now it's down to 54. So the service industry has been getting growing, but at a slower pace than before. So and when, and, uh, what you're seeing is that uh, uh, the, the economy is basically slowing down, too. That's, that's basically what the Federal Reserve wants to do is slow it down, slow down the demand. And... Uh, According to Standard and Poor Global, uh, their their spin on their, their take on the service industry, uh, service sector firms face a challenging start to the final quarter as we as we do contraction in new business dragged out put down further. Demand conditions were hampered by tighter financial conditions that elevated rates of inflation, leading to reports of postponement, and a delayed placement of orders as customers assess their spending. And then the National Association of uh, Small Businesses, which is your small business owners, they put out an optimistic summary where they say, okay, they put it out every month. And how are we doing that the optimistic index declined eight-tenths of a percent in October and this is the 10th consecutive month below the 49-year average. And the 33% of owners reported that inflation was their single most important problem in operating their businesses. They're generally pessimistic about general business outlook. It's difficult to find workers and keep them. Uh, labor costs are rising rapidly, forcing them to increase prices. 32% they plan to uh, raise workers' uh, compensation. Uh, 46% uh, of employers had job openings uh, that they couldn't fill. So basically what you're seeing is that uh, everybody, everybody's got problems. This is Jim McAlee. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Okay, I'll go. Welcome back to Denver's Flow. Now that the crops are out of the field, the farmers have a time to relax and get philosophical. Let's take some old farmers' advice. Your farmer needs, your fences need to be horse high, pig tight, and bull strong. And the other thing is, what you have to do is live simply, love generously, care deeply, speak kindly, and leave the rest to God. And until we meet again, may God protect you and keep you safe. You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc., the materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.